All right, here we go with Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Morning, Keith. Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you, too. We started the show today talking about federal NDP leader Jagmeet Singh and his comments late last week that people are struggling to pay their mortgages with interest rates going up so sharply. I'm sure there are a lot of people who are getting a bit of sticker shock on their new mortgage rates. But I was a little surprised he said the government should step in and help people pay their mortgages if they're struggling. What do you think of that? Well, I think, you know, we talk often on this show about Justin Trudeau and Pierre Polyev. We don't talk a lot about Jagmeet Singh. And he's struggling, I think, to be heard. He's the junior partner in this this confidence supply arrangement where I think the Trudeau liberals just sort of play the NDP all the time, um, make baby steps towards what they want to see done, but really um, don't do what the NDP really wants them to do. So, and, and, and Singh, I think, is struggling to be heard here. He's lost two elections. Yeah. Um, normally, you know, the conservatives and the liberals have no tolerance for losing elections. As soon as you lose an election, you're out yeah. um, as leader. And the NDP, probably because there's no heir apparent, uh, Singh's been able to scrape by two elections. I, he's going to be in the third, in the next one, I would assume. But if it, hard to see the NDP improving on its current seat count in the next election. But they are going to uh, prop up the Liberals potentially in government. That's one scenario that's, that seems apparent and, again, would make Singh the junior partner in this thing with really no power. So I'm not sure how much longer Singh's going to be the NDP leader. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think there may be. There, I have to take another look here because it's usually it was three strikes and you're out. Well, I mean, how many how many elections did Ed Broadbent lose? He lost a ton of. Elections. He lost a lot of them. I mean, yeah. NDP, of course, is never unless there's some sort of miracle, will never win an election. Well, yeah. the liberals soap up uh, that part of the political spectrum. Um, yeah. The best was Jack Layton, who mm-hmm. uh, did very well, uh, but again. Uh, Trudeau's played the masterfully by by uh, sort of this, as we talked about it before, this amorphous amorphous blob of a party where he just soaks up the center-left vote at the expense of the NDP and, and Jagmeet Singh. I'm, nice guy, but I just don't think he's uh, got a long shelf life. Okay, speaking of Trudeau, did you see the, the video of Trudeau getting swarmed in Belleville oh, yeah. there? So, yeah. so you see Trudeau, uh, he's sort of wading into a crowd. There's people, t- he's taking selfies with people. And there's the, the usual crowd of uh, very, very angry people with the F. Trudeau signs and just screaming at him uh, and, and getting quite close to him. Anti-Semitic slurs. It was a pretty ugly mob. But you have to wonder, why would his security allow this to happen like this? Yeah. I mean, they knew and this the is not president. the first time. He's, this no, he's seen this several the, times. The here. rock throwing incident in the last election. Yeah. Um, but you have to wonder whether or not Trudeau doesn't mind this because it's a nice contrast, this this sort of hateful mob. And there he is smiling, taking selfies with everyone. But I, again, you have to question the security here, um, why they willingly allow this to happen. Like you would never see Joe Biden or something like no. get into a situation Secret like this. No, or not allow something like that to happen. Yeah, right. I don't even think you'd see that in B.C. Right. I because these people are right in his face. They're pretty close they to were it. They very close. Yeah. Um, like within arm reach yeah. over, over a security sh- a person's shoulder. Right. And to me, I've been covered a lot of leaders over the time. That strikes me as a way too close encounter. Yeah, and we've seen it happen several times. So it almost it, it starts to wonder. I start to wonder as well whether this is might be almost a deliberate political strategy mm-hmm. because he likes he actually likes the the visuals you're, of it, the contrast. You're not the only one who's raised that as yeah. a possibility. That this is is this you know for sure bring it on. You yeah, know, these people look like intolerant imbeciles, and. 
again, it's a stunning contrast to the leaders literally taking selfies with people two feet away from these people hurling, you know, anti-Semitic slurs and F-you and and all that sort of stuff. A very menacingly violent crowd. And for security to allow that thing to get And the security guys just kind of stand in there tolerating it. And they're not moving anybody. And there seems to be a willingness for him to accept this. Because I think you're right. looks good in contrast. I wonder. I wonder if that's part of the strategy. Now, Trudeau has been asked about this several times, like because this is not the first time it's happened. Now, listen to how he, he's, he's asked her. He's asked about these angry protesters. We get very, very close to him. Here's what he had to say. A handful of angry people do not define uh, what Hamilton is or what democracy in this country is. It's really, really important in our democracy that people can express their disagreement or displeasure or even anger. Yeah, so it sounds like, I don't know, we may, may say more of this, I think. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Come the next election campaign, I think you're going to see some encounters like this. Yeah. And I don't think he's going to shy away from it. Yeah. I think it's uh, he's going to say, bring it on. I wonder, though, like I sometimes I think about his security personnel who are posted to him and it's their job to, like, you know, protect him. Mm-hmm. And there's this mob around them. They must be thinking, like, why is this? Why is this being allowed? Like, why is this being tolerated? Yeah. Again, I don't. I. I don't. You don't see this associated with other leaders. So sure, there's other protests. I mean, Stephen Harper had a lot of angry protests, but yeah. they never got that close to him. Right. I remember Harper visiting here at the legislature, um, and it was a high security operation. Yeah. Him swooping in these cars. Trudeau came here a couple years ago, and the security was nowhere near. Said there was a big protest. But it was almost this cat and mouse game, a playful um, interaction between security and the protesters. And Harper just had more of zero tolerance to allow that type of a protest to get close to yeah. him. Trudeau doesn't. I wonder if, if his inner circle thinks that actually is politically good for him. Get set to call me on that. I'm interested in your thoughts on it. Okay, uh, I want to ask you about the just closer to, closer to home and some provincial politics here. We've talked about the, the B.C. Conservative Party. Okay, and their new leader, John Rustad, who actually has a seat in the legislature. He was kicked out of the Liberal Party. And so the B.C. Conservative Party now has a a leader in the ledge. And he was a guest on the show last week. And I asked him, how's it going so far with this this Conservative Party movement here in B.C.? Here's what he told me. I am more engaged now with people around the province. I've seen more people come in and be engaged with politics, be optimistic about being able to have a choice, being able to have a, a future other than what was there. And, and so it's been very fulfilling. Okay, so I don't expect him to say anything other than it's going great. Well, but what do you Kevin, think? I think Kevin Falcon's going to rue the day booted John Rustad from the caucus. Mm. Because even though the legislature rules don't officially recognize him as a conservative, he's just an independent, he is the leader of the B.C. Conservative Party. Yeah. So he's got a bit of a, um, a title. He's got a platform. He's at the ledge, so he's around TV cameras. He's going to yeah. get more media coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, the last by-elections, the B.C. United did terrible. Yeah. Because their name right now, so if you're a, a conservative-leaning voter, which the BC Liberals used to attract, that's what got them elected. And you go into and you go into a voting booth right now, you're handed a ballot, and you look at the names on the ballot, you see NDP, well, you know what that is. You see BC Conservatives, well, you know what conservative is, and you see BC United, and you think, what's that? Yeah. And I think that was the mystifying choice voters in the last by-election, Scott, which is why the BC United Party finished fourth yeah. over here. Behind the conservatives, I'm told there's some. Well, the last um, was an Angus Reid or one of the polls had the conservatives fairly up, fairly high, like 18 percent of the vote. Whoa! Now John Cummins in 2013, you know, 
everybody take a step back here as well. John, remember, Christy Clark was in trouble, apparently, as VC liberals back in 2013. The NDP was riding high in the polls. John Cummins and the conservatives were tracking around 20%. It was a former MP. A former MP. Right, yeah. Um, and they bombed in the in the campaign. Yes. It got less than 5%, if, if I recall. So the same thing can happen to the conservatives here. But having said that, will Rustad get in the TV leaders debate? Probably. Mm. Yeah. I would think so. Uh, he's got a pretty good shot at it. And again, the conservatives can have a big impact. Not on, don't look at the, the province-wide vote of conservatives. Look at them in the ridings where they're competitive, where, where a riding may lean conservative federally or even provincially, um, and particularly in the interior, uh, in the Fraser Valley. And they could take enough votes there either to win the seat or deny the seat to the BC United candidate. So doesn't he just re-elect David Eby effectively well, that's, in NDP? That's the argument, although yeah. I think Rustad will argue, well, we need to establish a beachhead here. We need to win a couple seats, mm-hmm. um, several seats. I, he's told me he's he th- he's targeting 12 to 15 seats. You know, I don't think he's under any illusions of forming government. But no. And the Conservatives have not been a force in BC politics for 80 years or you know, since World War II. Yeah. Um, so they just, they, the last elected uh, seat for the BC was 1978 in a by-election in Oak Bay. Real quickly, the aftermath of the on-again, off-again port strike. Let's listen to Premier David Eby on the port strike. Let's listen. We also know uh, in British Columbia where the port is, that port workers have seen increasing costs, just like everybody else. Those workers need to be treated with respect. And what we want uh, is a long-term deal. Okay, so ports are open. There is no deal yet, though. What's happening? No. So the membership of the uh, Longshoremen's Union will meet tomorrow, uh, the 8 a.m. shift, four locals, well, five if you count the tiny one up north, um, and they're going to be given the, the terms of the settlement proposed by the federal mediator. The leadership caucus of the union initially rejected those terms, then accepted and now recommending acceptance to the members. Okay. Then they'll vote, I think, the votes on Thursday or Friday. Of the whole membership? Of the whole membership. Okay. Yeah. Which at, at first, uh, if you, so the unit has kind of mystified everyone because they don't say anything publicly. They just either suddenly showed up on a picket line again, even though they accepted the, the bargaining team and accepted the deal, served according to our strike notice, and then they withdrew the strike notice. The ports remain open, but there's still some uncertainty until this deal is signed. You heard EB talk about a long-term deal. The last contract was five years. This one proposed by the mediator is four years. The union had been looking for a two-year deal. They seem to have folded that uh, one. Now they're accepting the terms of the, of the mediator's terms, which is a 19% wage increase over four years. You expect it to go through? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I think so. I see, Although I there, are, there is a segment of the bargaining unit is threatened by automation. You know, yeah. they're literally fighting for their, their job life. And yeah. they're likely not to vote yes, but I think there'll be enough voting yes to, to cement this thing. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Baldry's Beat. Let's go right to your phone calls here. Gary in New West. Hi, Gary. Go ahead. Yeah, hi. Did uh, did our premier just say that uh, what we want when he was referring to the dock workers and their uh, long-term contract, is he the dock workers' uh, prime, uh, premier or is he the whole province? Because uh, what I think is he's speaking for the dock workers now and not the people being put out by this strike that's holding the public hostage? 
Well, no, I think no, he meant no, collectively. He, yeah, and he said he wants a long-term deal, which is not what the union wants. The union was proposing a two-year deal. Yeah. Um, EB and others have said, no, we need more long-term certainty. So, no, yeah. it's not, his position is not what the dock workers want. Okay, Gary, are you a dock worker? No, I'm not. Oh, okay. I wish I was. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that a lot of them, some of them make a lot of money. Well, this, uh, this increase would take the median income, according to the employer, which means as many people earn below this figure, but as many people earn above this figure, $162,000 yeah. a year. Ugh. Wow. But now, That's there's many people in that bargaining unit are far less than full-time. They work uh, minimum shifts. It's a hiring hall. you got to put your years in before you get that big salary. Yeah. Chris and Langley. Hi, Chris. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, yeah, no, I just remember in the beginning of Trudeau's uh, reign here, he said that he was going to be more accessible. Uh, unlike Harper, so when we're contrasting Harper to uh, to Justin Trudeau, you know, you, you, reporters couldn't even get any access to Harper. Uh, mm-hmm, so yes. you, you got the kind of tale of two uh, the, uh, two sides here. Uh, do you want a premier that's more accessible? And unfortunately to him, or fortunately, being on his political uh, objective here, but he's getting criticized publicly. But at least he's accessible and he's open there uh, for to be talked to by the public versus Stephen Harper, who hides even from reporters. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. No, Harper. It's, I mean, Harper had limited media access. It's yeah. true. Uh, I wouldn't say Trudeau has unlimited media access. No. My colleagues in Ottawa would dif- beg to differ on that point. Yeah, but um, it's a different style. Uh, Harper wasn't also a guy who plunged into crowds. Yeah, he was very much much more of a standoffish, aloof guy. Kretchen was a guy very similar to Trudeau, yes. who would plunge into crowds. Remember, remember the famous um, throat grabbing incident of Kretchen grabbing a protester by the throat. The Shawinigan handshake. Yeah, Shawinigan handshake. Yes. Yes. So Kretchen, uh, <laughs> who's a member of uh, Trudeau's father's cabinet, of course. So there's a similar stale. And Harper's more of a detached type of, of leader. And Trudeau, Trudeau, you know, for better or worse, he does like being in big crowds and taking selfies and handshaking. And right now there's a risk security-wise, when you, as was evident on display in Belleville. Well, we'll see if that continues, especially as you get closer to another mm-hmm. election as well. Brian in Coquitlam. Hi, Brian. Go ahead. Hey, guys. I identify myself as center-left, and my, my feelings and all that stuff are towards left. But I really do not like Trudeau at all, and I'd vote even the Conservatives if it meant it got rid of them. And I'm angry at the NDP for not fixing... They're, they're, they need to replace the leader. It comes down to that. I have no one to vote for that is on my political scale. So I have to vote for who I think might win. Which Who, who do you think should them. replace Jagmeet Singh if you want a new leader? I don't know because I don't know anything about any of the NDP people because they don't really broadcast who their people are or something like that. It's, it's like I know a lot of liberals because they're out there. They put their names out. But I don't know anyone in the federal NDP party except for Jagmeet. So I couldn't even tell you who I'd want because mm-hmm. they're so closed off. Thank you for the call. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, um, the NDP is the third party struggling. It, any third party is going to have a struggle to have a profile. You're, you're competing against the government, which really holds most of the cards, and then an opposition, which holds the second most cards. So it's tough to be heard if you're the third party. And I think that's why no heir apparent to Jagmeet Singh is, uh, no obvious heir apparent has emerged. Tim and Kamloops. Hi, Tim. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, you know, I've heard the, the demise of the NDP uh, for the longest time, even probably when they were still the CCF for the long time, and they're still around. And I think that Jagmeet Singh, quite frankly, has played this brilliant. 
you've got Pierre Polyev who pretends he's part of the working class. And remember, speaking of housing, it was both Mulroney and Cretchen that murdered the National Housing Program that supplied housing to many low-income individuals. It seems to me that all three levels of government and the private sector seem to be angry when they talk about trying to get housing for the working poor and low-income individuals. Thank you, Tim. 20 seconds. Thank you. Yeah, Thank so you. Singh's uh, problem is not Pierre Poliev, no. not fighting for the same voter. He's fighting for votes against Justin Trudeau. And Trudeau's masterful strategy is to soak up the NDP part of the spectrum.